ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser o Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser o Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumaças. With me tonight, as always, Mr. Cristiano Oliveira. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I almost forgot that we uh, we still did a Befica <laughs> podcast. It's been that long. God, it has been that long. Uh, Dave de Oliveira is up in uh, in Toronto. What's happening, Dave? Mr. Good to, good to be back on. You know, we had that group therapy to the to uh, discuss our grievances with the club. And then we had that week off and I think the separation has done as well. We're all, we're back and refreshed. So uh, I, I good to be back on here. Yeah, I hope, I hope that the customer service situation has been dealt with by now. I mean, we gave it two weeks. What was it, two weeks, a week to marinate? We gave Benfica plenty of time to take care of this. So uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, please let us know if it's been taken care of. Yeah. It's been uh, it's been quite a bit uh, before we had a podcast with that international break, as uh, as you guys all know, and uh, we all know how much we love international breaks. Uh, so it's been a while. Uh, so uh, here we are. We uh, Befica got back into action uh, for the Portuguese Cup against Covid Piedade. Uh, that's going to be first up on our menu. Uh, second, we will look at Benfica's match day three versus Lyon at Stade Luz. Uh, tomorrow, as we record this, tomorrow is Wednesday, and we'll look ahead to Benfica's uh, weekend matchup against Tondela up north uh, in a stadium that Cristiano is very uh, familiar with. He's the pitch expert. How do you dance? Tu danças o o som o tom dela. O tom dela. Oh, man, you forgot that already. O tom dela. Uh, so anyway, let's uh, let's get started with the cover the piedade. I know it's been quite a bit. Uh, I, I, I've been away from, from soccer for a bit and only got back to it. Believe it or not, I only watched the COVID Piedad game between one half yesterday and one half today. So I, I needed to uh, w watch that to keep my mind f fresh. Um, but let's let's start uh, with the lineups. Well, I watched that miserable first half, so you saved yourself for watching it live. But go ahead. Um, let's um, get to the lineups. Let's get to the lineups. Uh, quite a bit of, of a rotation here as Lobin was in goal. Tomás Tavares. Ferro, Jardel, and Grimaldo across the back. Samaris and Gabriel. Pizzi, Caio on the wings. Uh, RDT and Vinicius up front. Let's let's discuss this uh, lineup a, a little bit. Uh, Cristiano Zlobin obviously has been getting uh, some of the cup games, so it was natural that you would make a start on this game. Uh, but you get, we talk about uh, Samaris, right? We talk about a case here of a guy that went from featuring, uh, being a, a, a starter when Gabriel was hurt, to the point that he ended up cheering in the stands. Cheering. And was he cheering? Did you see him cheer? <laughs> he was cheering Sarcastically in the stands. or was no, it no, like no. all heartedly I'm, back in? Uh, I'm, that, I'm that serious. Okay. He was cheering in the stands. There's a picture in a video of somebody's cheering in the stands uh, on a game that Benfica played, uh, I don't know, against two. But uh, I think it was the one before we went on international break. I don't know. That was like six years ago. I don't remember. That was so long ago. <laughs> but uh, he, here's uh, here's Samaris making another uh, another start. Yeah, and it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, think about it. He lost his spot to uh, Red Hot Feja, 
and once you try to rest, red hot, red hot, <laughs> and once you try to uh, to give this guy a break with uh, Florentino not being a hundred percent, he was the next guy up. So yeah. made all the sense in the world. Um, and to be brutally honest with you, I'm glad to see him getting a couple minutes because, uh, as you stated a few minutes ago, this guy went from being importantissimo to discarded to being a uh, you know one of us in the stands. And uh, just sometimes it's one of those things that you can't explain to the to 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 to, to I was going to say general public, but we are general public. But you can't explain those things. Um, but nonetheless, glad to see him play. Um, wasn't particularly uh, one of his best performances, but still got to see him on the field. And it's uh, one of those rotations that we uh, absolutely understand. Yeah, with uh, Rafa's injury, Kyle Lucas uh, got to start, and it seems at this point that Kyle Lucas is above Servi, despite Servi getting a start in the Champions League. Hey, maybe Servi yeah. will get a start uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. They were resting him, you know. They brought him in late, and then uh, just uh, to get some uh, some uh, minutes under him, so he's ready to go tomorrow night. The sad part is you combine the two of them. I'm not sure we got a player there. <laughs> well, I, I, I got to be honest. I'm I'm uh, I'm somewhat satisfied um, with with the progression of Caio Lucas. Uh, he's not a world beater. Uh, he's not a guy that is going to be a playmaker or a difference maker or a guy that's going to take the, the game by the scruff of the neck. Uh-huh. But he's a guy that's uh, is showing little flashes. flashes. So based on everything you said, the guy's just a regular player, therefore, why in the hell is he taking Jota's minutes? Is that what you're saying? Because, I mean, to me, if if this guy is not going to add anything to the roster, right, he's taking minutes away from, from a kid that deserves to be getting minutes and a kid that needs to get as many minutes as possible to develop to get to the next level. So if you're telling me he's just an average player, which I do agree with, you know, I mean, look. It could definitely be a question mark. We could we could talk about this other time. We want to keep things positive here on the Bifika podcast. We just uh, won a game, as you and I keep kept asking for, kept calling for on the podcast. We want to see the all time, uh, you know, barrigadas the goals. Uh, it wasn't exactly that, but it was still four nothing, uh, four nil yeah. result, and plenty well, of plenty of positives to talk about. So let's leave well, all the negatives for. Uh, yeah, I, I get your emails. point, but it, at this point, it, does uh, does Brunelage see? Uh, Jota as a pure winger, or does he see him as a second forward? I don't know, but Jota's always been a kid that I think was most successful coming from the left-hand side, um, whether it was as a winger or as a left-sided forward, I guess. Um, so, I mean, look, right now, if you're going to play Raul de Tomas, you're going to give Vinicius minutes because those two guys uh, were very expensive, $37 million, in case you forgot. Those two guys need rotation. Those two guys need to get into game shape, need to get into, get in, uh, into rhythm. They need to, um, you know, learn to play with one another if in case of injuries to, to, to the other options. So there's only one other place that you can play him at right now. And look, PZ, <laughs> we knew before the game, PZ is in my machina, man. You know, <laughs> PZ contra Mancus. Manco master. That's that's like, you know, it's like mode. taking a Viagra. You know what to expect a couple hours later. You see that that game on the you see that game on the schedule, you know PZ is going to be a lead. Pau duro. And so the only other option is that that left uh, midfield position. And, you know, maybe a kid like Ajata uh, maybe deserves some consideration to get some minutes against these lower, um, you know, lower quality teams. And I, I really have not seen much from Caio. Servi, we all know how we feel about Servi. So um, that could have been, a, you know, a game that that maybe uh, Ajata could have played in, but did not. Caio played. He had some, like, as you mentioned, some flashes. 
you know, the inconsistency is just, it's not uh, good. And, and the level of play, I think when we signed him last year, we expected a little bit more from him. And uh, maybe, you know, he hasn't adapted just yet. So let's not uh, throw this kid out to the wolves just yet. But let's uh, let's maybe look at other guys. Dave, uh, is, it, uh, is it too early to get on the Vinicius bandwagon? I don't think it's too early. The guys, it, it's small sample sizes, but the guy is producing, right? We have player, we have strikers in that position that have a, a much larger sample size, and and they haven't been producing. So at the end of the day, if he's scoring goals every every time he's coming in as a substitute, or if he's coming in, or if he's starting the game like uh, in this instance, and uh, scoring a brace. He is averaging, I believe, uh, a goal every 47 minutes now compared to uh, players like Seferovic, who's uh, averaging a goal every 297 minutes and uh, 731 minutes for RDT. So he's not going to keep up the pace where he's scoring a goal every 47 minutes, but at least he is he is scoring in the uh, limited opportunities that he's uh, been given, which you can't say for the other two players. Shannon, what do you think uh, of Vinicius, man? Uh This game, and granted, uh, playing against Mankus definitely afforded a little bit more more time. But I like the fact that he was combining. I like the, fi the fact that he was just being a center forward, being opportunistic, uh, getting shots off with very little space. The first goal uh, was one that he had very little space and he just put a left foot on. It the second goal, he got a little space also, and he blasted it past the keeper. Definitely, uh, perhaps not opposition that you can gauge where Vinicius is at this point. Um, but these are the type of games that build up your confidence. They do. Absolutely. These games uh, build up your confidence. And uh, if you play well, maybe hopefully you carry it into the next game and you could build off it. But look, I just I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with Vinicius. I'm still, you know. I can't get past the seventeen million dollar uh, million euro price tag. Same thing with Raul de Tomas, because when you when you're Benfica, you spend that type of money on players. You expect these guys to come in and you expect them to 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 be you know to contribute to the team from day one. And I, and I know Dave just gave me fantastic numbers, a goal every forty seven minutes or whatever. It just look, I I can't be critical, um, because. At the same time, he hasn't really had someone to play beside him. Look, Benfica, call it what you want, but this year we've struggled to 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 build play, to to set up play, to have that guy playing beside the striker like we did last year with with the Juan Felix, for example. And we've played Tarap, we've played you know Raul de Tomas, we've played Jota, Jota there, we played different guys there, and for some reason or another, it's just not clicking. So I think we have to give our strikers a little bit of a break. With the exception of a Sferovic, when the guy's two feet from the goal and he fails to tap it in, those are you know those are moments that you could absolutely critique. But as far as you know, Vinicius disappearing in big spurts in the game, um, Raúl de Tomás, uh, those are things that I want to bash these guys for doing so. But at the same time, like I just mentioned, there's something that's missing, man. There's something in the middle of that park that's not linking uh, up the way that we've you know we've grown accustomed to seeing them over the last couple of seasons because we were spoiled. You know, we had tremendous Jonas coming back and getting the ball and getting himself involved and opening up space for other teammates. And then, obviously, you had the, the youngster, Juan Felix, who, you know, uh, Professor Ginastica didn't value him at first, but then Brun Lage uh, came in and he said, look, this is this is the first move I'm going to do is put this kid, insert him into the starting 11 and put him at that position. The kid was phenomenal. And and, and it's not easy to, to, to replace um, 
those those caliber players, and there's Juan Felix and a, and a Jonas. But it's there's something missing, and yeah. so I think Benfica needs to uh, Brunelage and whomever needs to figure that out because it's going to be very harsh uh, to 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 you know to to judge these players yeah based on playing with a nobody but besides them and i th i think that a lot of the criticism that's been hurled at uh, benfica and, and as of late to brunelage has to do with the fact that that front line has hasn't produced uh the same way they have produced in the past because if they are producing things are gelling and as chris mentioned there's there's a disconnect there between that transition into the final third that's missing that we had last year that made the game more fluid uh, it, it seems that now we're getting into the final third and all the processes seem slow the players are static there's no movement uh there's no penetration uh and uh, i think that a lot of that lack of success or being even being effective in front of goal uh, is what's warranted the criticism to to Brunelage. Look, it's it's impossible that a guy uh, last year that brought in such a great game idea and still has the beliefs about how he wants to play the game that all of a sudden he's a bad coach, like certain people are starting to think. Um, as Cristiano mentioned, there's a piece there missing. Uh, João Felix, Jonas in years past have, have helped us. Uh, but I have confidence that uh, he'll figure it out. But uh, in the meantime, there's there's players that need to step up. I mean, the guys with big price tags, uh, as Cristiano mentioned, are guys that need to make a difference, regardless of whether they're playing with Seferovic, regardless of whether they have somebody to feed them the ball. These guys on the little opportunities that they have, they need to be making the difference. Uh, and yes, RDT is one of them. I think that... Um, Vinicius is another one, uh, even though that's already been admitted by Luis Fiera that Vinicius was a project of his or, or was one of his asks. Um, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it becomes, it becomes difficult, and I, I, I really hope that this team can uh, can turn it around in, in these uh, coming weeks. Um, typical uh, Portuguese Cup game with uh, with a minnow uh, sitting behind the lines, compact in the back. Uh, Benfica was able to get the goal before the half. Then they got a, a second goal um, after they came back from the locker room. And I think that after that, Cova de Piedad just uh, lost uh, gas and, and lost motivation and, and opened more spaces. And, and naturally, Benfica would uh, end up getting two more goals. Uh, good to see Vinicius uh, score, as I mentioned, good for his confidence. Pizzi, the Monkey Master, uh, was back and and he was doing uh, his thing. Also, he had a couple of opportunities he could have put balls away, but he didn't. Uh, so Benfica walks away from this um, this this Portuguese Cup tie uh, with uh, with the win, which is what was expected, especially at this level in the first game. Of, uh, of this competition. Uh, Spartan, obviously, as you know, didn't have the same uh, the same type of success. So, it, you know, it, you're reminded constantly of the reality that if you don't bring your all and you don't take competition serious, you don't take teams serious as small as they are, uh, you will suffer. You will suffer, and oftentimes uh, it, it won't end well for you. Uh, but needless uh, to say, happy for Benfica, happy for Benfica to go into uh, the next round. And most of all, coming off of international break, there's always some rustiness um, involved. And I think that uh, the team 
uh, showed themselves uh, well. It's good to see Gabriel getting reps because uh, we're entering a stretch where Benfica will need these crucial players. Uh, Gabriel getting those reps is is uh, very important. And then, uh, you know, other guys too. Uh, so, Portuguese Cup done. Let's look ahead to uh, tomorrow's match against Lyon, match day three uh, in a competition that Benfica has yet uh, to win uh, a game. Um, have allowed five goals, only scored two goals in, in the first two matches. Um, but uh, they're, they're coming into a Lyon, almost a, a chameleon uh, Lyon. Uh, Lyon domestically, Dave, and you could you could speak about that. They're not doing all that great. No, they're uh, currently sitting in 17th position, one spot above the relegation zone in the uh, Ligue 1 Free French League with uh, 10 points from uh, 10 games. And they actually just sacked uh, their coach, uh, Silvino, and uh, replaced him with Rui Rudy Garcia. So this will be his first match in charge of the squad. But uh, or it's his second. I think uh, he coached the game over the weekend. And okay. He got, I think that was his first game of the, of the season. Okay. So this will be his first Champions League then uh, match in charge of the team. Um, but yeah, in terms of Champions League, they're tied up top with uh, Zanit with four points. So um, it could be a case where now they see that the French League is probably might be, I know it's still early, early but uh, might be out of their grasps, uh, grasp, and they uh, might uh, just put all their focus on the Champions League here. But uh, I think with uh, Benfica coming into this match, this is uh, one of those must-wins if they want any shot of even uh, having a third-place qualifying uh, for Europa League. But uh, if they if, if they want to come out of this group stages, this is a must-win uh, match tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, Cristiano, this this group obviously is is a group that from the very beginning we said that any team in this group can win this group as well as any team could actually be relegated to the Europa League competition if not out of Europe altogether. See? And the and the group has proven to be so. See? Uh, Zenit and Lyon tied for four. Uh, tied with tied for first with four with points. Four points yeah. Sorry. So this is not a group that anyone is running away with it. So Benfica at zero points if they happen to win tomorrow, uh, they're right in the thick of things. Uh, I mean, happen to win tomorrow. You know how big of a task that is? I mean, we're talking about a Benfica that feels their B team in every one of these Champions League matches. Uh, so that's a huge ask. But yeah, I, look, if Benfica is able to handle their business tomorrow, which I think it's going to be a very, very tough game because I don't think Lyon's as bad as what their record in Ligue 1 shows so far this season. I think uh, the change of coach will motivate these guys. I think come in with some fresh ideas. They have some fantastic players that I think haven't played up to their capabilities. And I think they'll definitely, uh, uh, at least for their sake, they'll try to straighten things out. But you know, if Benfica does come away with a victory, then comes back home, handles what they, you know, what they're supposed to do at home, which we have not seen in God knows how long. Benfica could be right back into the race and they could be right in the middle of things. And all of a sudden we're talking about a totally different group stage, a totally different attitude, a totally different perception, a totally different mentality from the fans and from the players themselves. So, um, you know, one game at a time. But um, well, yeah, you know, Lisbon but tomorrow. It's, it's oh, tomorrow's in Lisbon. Tomorrow's in so, Lisbon. I think go and then go. Okay, yeah, that was you know. the opposite. Okay, so yeah, tomorrow they absolutely you know playing at home. It, I still think it's going to be a very t a difficult game, but um, I think that you know playing at home, Benfica should always feel their strongest eleven. Unlike what we saw in game uh, match day one against uh, Leipzig with 
as you mentioned before, Servi making a start, uh, Tavares making a start, Feja making a start. Um, you know, these guys making their season debuts for Benfica in such a, a tough competition. Hopefully that's not the case tomorrow. But, uh, you know, again, as you mentioned, Benfica playing at home has the obligation to, to come out and fight for the three points. And uh, Benfica has uh, quite a decent record uh, against uh, French teams, Dave. Yeah, so against Lyon, they've only played them twice uh, in Champions League back in 2010, where they've split uh, one win and one loss. Uh, the win coming at uh, in Lisbon and the loss coming away in France. But uh, overall, against French uh, teams in European competitions, we've got 14 wins, seven draws, uh, seven losses. So it's not like uh, our record against Turkish teams and German teams. We actually have a favorable uh, record against French clubs. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, certainly uh, in, in watching uh, Laja's presser today, uh, he said that this game this game is absolutely vital and that Benfica need to come away. Now, with hopefully he has that mentality tomorrow when he feels the starting 11. Rafa and Andre Almeida were in the should play. They should play tomorrow. Will, Will Florentino? Get it, get get a shot, well, get a call. Yeah, to start tomorrow. Uh, I know he's fit again, but will he? You know, will he get a shot? Will he get his name called tomorrow? Will he be safe for the weekend's tough match in Tondela? Well, I think that uh, there was. I'm hoping that there was the reason why he, he had some minutes against Cover the Piedad was just to get him back into that game rhythm. A month and a month and a half of Florentino. I know that we haven't played a lot of games in the past couple of weeks, but a month and a half out, Andre Almeida has been struggling with some injury. Rafa picked up. But that. Almeida's been out for like what a month himself. Yeah, right, because he didn't play the last what two games or whatever right. it was. Was it two games? Or uh, definitely one game before well, the, the the game was the the Zenit not the injury. I'm talking about before the international break. I'm saying. Yeah. Rafa also. Rafa picked up an injury. In but Rafa played Zenit. Last... Rafa played against Zenit. But uh, Rafa picked up an injury at yeah, the, the end national... of uh, no at the... at the end of the at the end of Zenit. Uh... Yeah. And then he got excused from the national team. team. Yep. Yeah. Right. So, but uh, it's it's encouraging to see these guys. Yeah, I mean, right now we only injury. We all normally we have the the the, the, the medical room packed to the gills, and now there's only two guys in there. Shikini. Don't jinx it, Orton. please. For now. For now. And. I've heard that Chiquinho is supposed to be back sooner than expected. Uh, I think they're that saying the, November initial, might be ready. The initial prognostics. No shave November. You no shaving. I'm no shaving. Initial pro, initial prognostics was that he was going to he wasn't going to be back until 2020, uh, but it looks like that was only a month be, later. It's not like it was eight months he's later. He's going to be ready only. in November <laughs> to go. December, which, which is January. It's great news, man. I think. Yeah, it is. It's great news. I think that Chiquinho brings uh, some versatility and some polyvalencia to the attacking midfield Look, position. Uh, as long as he doesn't take any minutes away from my boy Tarap, I'm cool with it. <laughs> Talking about minutes tomorrow, Anthony Davis, Portugal's number two, will be coming to Stade de Luz. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is playing for the Lakers. Tonight. Anthony Lopes. Anthony Lopes. I was thinking NBA. I'm sorry. Anthony Lopes. Benfica's well, you, number you two. You got one part of the name right. Yeah, Anthony. I know. I got that part right. Antonio uh, Lopes. He's, he's Benfica's number. Uh, uh, Portugal's number two Portugal's, or Beto's number two? No, nah, Beto's number three. That Beto shouldn't even be on the national team. That's embarrassing. But that's another conversation for another day. But I heard he's a specialist in penalty kicks. Yes. And especially when he comes out like two feet. Takes a step before, and then you got the the fifth and sixth official there 
right? What is it? The third, fourth. They got these goal line officials to 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 oversee this, and they still get it <laughs> the wrong. The guys that stand on the yeah. end line with nothing, the, with the metal nothing. detectors for nothing. It's just a waste of time. Hey, I don't blame them. They got a beautiful seat for the game, and they get a paycheck. Best seat do in nothing. the house. Best seat in the house. Best seat in the house. Um. So anyway. It, what what do you I mean let, let's look at the game overall. You think that if Benfica loses this game that they're, they're done with? <laughs> I don't even want to what, talk about those scenarios. Three points only is is the only thing that interests us. Look, man, I think I think if Benfica fields the strongest eleven and they come out and they play, sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way, but you feel that Benfica's taking this competition serious. I think that's step number one that we yeah. as Benficaistas I think that should be the first thing we look forward to. It's because that starting 11 will tell us a lot about how the team, uh, how the coaching staff looks at this competition. And to me, I, I want the team to take this competition as serious as possible. Whether you win or not, man, look, you're going to be going up against a team with formidable players. They have Memphis Dupay, who's a fantastic player. Um, that guy could absolutely tear it up at any moment. They have some fabulous players. And look, any team can win a game. But yeah. I, 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 I don't mind when my team gives it its all, and plays quality football that we're accustomed to seeing on the Lodge, which we have not seen this year. Uh, let me just mention that. Yeah. We have not seen that football, the same football we fell in love with last season. We have not seen any of that being practiced this season. But if we see them playing well, and you know, uh, to me, that's 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 what matters. That's yeah. the one thing I'll be looking forward to the most. When it, one of the storylines that came out after that Zenit game was the fact that the team really didn't show any desire, no. any bite, uh, and I think that uh, a lot of fans were upset because of that. Because one thing is when you see uh, the team trying their heart out and and really going for it and not getting the result, and another thing is not going for it uh, and not getting the result. Look, we've seen it. Bringing it back to the Portuguese league, we've seen it over the last twenty years, Alfredo, where the mentality, the inferiority, was a little bit different when we played against football called the Porto. We just we let that creep into our minds. Like a lot of the times Benfica lost the game before even entering um, the pitch because just mentally they had, you know, they had that, that that mental edge over us because of all the crap that went on in the past. And now I hope I'm wrong, but I'm kind of sensing it's the same way here in the Champions League. When Benfica steps on the field in the Champions League over the last two, three years, it's just a totally different team. Yeah. And is that same weakness, that same mental edge is that still is that creeping the same one we saw with Porto for all those years and some may say still there now is that creeping into their heads because you see it's a totally different team confidence wise the team it looks like a shell of themselves they don't play the 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 the, the, the you know don't play football the way we see them play week in week out in the league and all and they go in there and they're hesitant they're not taking, you know, they're not carrying the ball as they should they're not making the same it's just a totally different team they play a lot tighter yeah. So I'm hoping that this is not a mental thing now because this team's been getting spanked for so long in this competition now that maybe confidence wise, they're right now they're running very low on it. Yeah. Look, we, we have certainly seen a, a pattern in the past couple seasons that would make us think that did this team develop uh some kind of uh uh, of, a, of a chip on their shoulder in regards to not being good in Europe or just being too too nervous in Europe, not being the team that they natural can be in Europe. So we don't know. I, I mean, certainly the record and, and regardless of what the approach has had, uh, 
I don't know. I don't. I, I I'm I'm kind of. I find myself scratching my head because regardless of the players that you put in there, and yes, there's a drop off in quality. Uh, the will and the desire and the effort should always be there. And there's been games that I've seen Befica play in Europe where it doesn't. It just team is just lackadaisical. Uh, you know playing these games and and when you go and play in Europe at the highest stage in the club level to be that lackadaisical and 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 nervous and just not your true self really leaves me scratching my head so but is that the mentality aspect is that is that the player saying well look at uh like the squad rotations and seeing the 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 field that the the team that's on the field uh, that's being put out there, and and they look around at some of these guys that haven't seen any minutes all season, and they're not comfortable with playing with uh, the players. And this is, mind you, we're bringing a, a team back that uh, a lot of returning players, and maybe they've got the PTSD still from uh, five nothing against Basel too, right? It could be a, an accumulation of things here. That's a great point. I mean, think about when you go to the park to play with your boys and you're playing with the good players, all your attitude is totally different than when they put you with the five scrubs. You know what I mean? You drop your shoulders and you're like, oh, I'm here to play, but no matter what I do, I know I'm going to get slapped. So I'm just going to take it easy. I'm not going in on a ball hundred percent, you know, because I don't want to get it. It's just, you know, whatever. I'm here to have fun. Let's enjoy this. Let's go home. Let's be healthy. Let's be ready for next, next week when I come back to the park. And it's the same way when you look around at your teammates and you're not playing with the best players, right? And you see the best guys being rested and you're like, wait a minute, should I take this comp? Should I take this competition serious? Obviously, the, the the coaching staff is not taking it seriously. So why should I take it serious? At the end of the day, look, I want to make sure I come out of this game 100%, play well. But look, if I lose, it's not the end of the world. I'll go on to Liga Nos next week and slap around some monkeys and uh, we'll be, you know, uh, serenaded for and have hundreds of thousands of people clap at us while we drive off. That That's an interesting angle from the player's standpoint and, and certainly valid. Uh, and it's something that we hadn't spoken uh, about here uh we've we've seen what the approach is from a coaching standpoint and and the rotation that you've had but what does that do to the guys that are your superstars and you just happened to mention that's something that could very well be i mean you got the pc looking around okay well i gotta play around with uh with one of these tavares kids i gotta play around with servi and and, and that's you want because again no, you kind of feel that you're going in unless I mean, don't tell me these guys don't feel like this. Right. But you you going into the field and you look around, you don't see the best players on the team on the pitch with you. Trust me, your mentality is totally different. Your attitude, whether you don't want to admit it, you might not want to think it. It just happens. It's happened to me. It's happened to everyone. Like I mentioned, go to the park and you're playing basketball but and they pick you with the scrubs and your attitude is just totally different. It happens with professional players. They look around. They see that the best options on the field are not with them. They feel like, you know, these guys are just here to, to, to complete the 11. We're here to play the 90 minutes and go home because what's important is the next match. This match right here has no relevance to what, you know, to whether we're going to be successful or not. So why should I? take this game, you know, as serious as, as I should take it because no one else around me is going to take it as serious. Now, the one other aspect that you, that, that, that we don't often think about, I spoke to, uh, I had a group of friends, uh, that went to, that went to the first game of, of the first championship game of this season against Red Bull Leipzig and they're FaceTiming me and I'm on phone with them and they're constantly in contact with me throughout the whole game. And I'll tell you when the lineup came out and, uh, 
and they saw the Cervis of the world, the Phasias, the Th everybody's attitude going into the, the stadium. It was already like, what the, what is going on? What the, it's deflating. And the fans themselves, you could tell, they told me that the stadium just transmitted. That's why the stadium wasn't loud. They're not as boisterous as they would be because they feel like the club themselves aren't putting yeah. their best product or their best players on the, on the field. So, again, it creeps into a player's mentality and it gets into the fans' mentality as well because now the atmosphere, the support is like, why should I be here screaming and hollering and losing my voice for the next two, three days for these guys when they don't even care themselves? They're not putting out the best 11. So this affects more than just the players. It affects everyone about around the game, everyone involved. And it's just something that I hope Benfica changes their mentality, man. I hope Benfica changes their attitude in these big matches. I don't care if you lose. I just want to see the effort. I want to see the best players on the field with the best effort, you know, being put forth by them. That to me as a Benfica, he said, that's what I want. Look, it, it it's we've certainly beaten that uh, European uh, horse uh, to a pulp at this point, discussing and and trying to figure out all angles and see what's really going on with this Benfica in Europe. Let's see that Benfica is able to uh, turn around tomorrow and, and get the three points against Lyon, and then go to France and and be able to do the same thing. Uh, and only then uh, would I really be satisfied with this uh, European Benfica, or at least that would be a start. Uh, for me. Uh, so after uh, the Champions League, we have Tondela. We'll travel up north to play Tondela on Sunday, 3 p.m. local. And Dave, what's Tondela up to, man? Uh, having a good season for uh, themselves so far, sitting in fifth place uh, with three wins, three draws, and uh, two losses. Um, they were eliminated this past weekend against Fadens, uh, a three nothing uh, defeat. Uh, so they're basically just in the uh, no more competitions. That I don't believe they qual they didn't even qualify for the Tasa de Liga. So it's just the uh, league that they're fully concentrated on now. Uh, they are a team that uh, has given us some trouble in the past. Uh, most recently, I believe we lost 3-2 at home to them. Uh, not last season, the season before where we lost, uh, Porto became champions from that. Um, so yeah, we've beat them seven times. They beat us that one time at uh, home and they're a team that can uh, give us troubles. Yeah, as as well as, uh, as Tondela is doing uh, this early on in the season, I have to say they have yet to win a game at home domestically so now they host uh benfica and certainly uh the the stats aren't aren't in their favor uh but look always a tough to pitch to uh play on in in tondela cristiano is familiar with uh with that field uh and, and look it's never easy when benfica goes up north and despite uh oftentimes the majority of the support and in against some of the grain and against some of what we've seen from other clubs up north Tondela is actually uh, have actually opened up a stand to Benfica fans, which is which is refreshing to see. I, I read yeah, that in the paper. It's the one stand the goal, behind the, the net, right? Behind the net, behind the net. The other side is the locker rooms behind one, but in, and behind the opposite net is where uh, the the Benfica supporters. I mean, look, they could sit in the bancada centrais as well, but that's where the clocks are going to go. That's if you want to just be Benfica all day, every day. You go behind the net. I sat there. Three years ago, Benfica opened the, the season against uh, Tondela when uh, Ricardo Horta scored his first goal for Benfica. I sat there with everybody's uh, phenomenal atmosphere. Obviously, anytime you sit with the with the clocks from Benfica is fantastic, and uh, they've uh, actually uh, upgraded the stadium a lot. They've done a lot of upgrades to the stadium ever since, and the stadium, little stadium, but it, it's looking nicer 
and nicer every year. So good certainly. How's the how's the pitch though? How's the grass? We need a grass update. That's one of the things that they've upgraded. Believe it or not, the grass was a phenomenal shape. Watching it on TV every week. Uh, I have a bone, you know, I have a small bone in me that's from Tondela. And uh, so I watch them. I try to watch them as much as possible. I have a small bone. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the pitch, man, they've, they've really upgraded things. Uh, they've done a fantastic job with the little with the little stadium. So kudos to them. Yeah, absolutely. So let's hope that Befica will travel up north and, and get those three points and, and keep on the hunt for the for the domestic uh, trophy. Uh, so a uh, couple things that I wanted to talk about uh, before we go. I know that we've been away for a while, so I just wanted to mention a couple things. Couple uh, things. Ferru renewal until 2024. I believe his, his existing contract was already until either 2023 or 2024. Uh, but Benfica have improved his contract. They've also released his, uh, his rescission clause to $100 million. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. Um, while we, uh, you know, we certainly, I think Ruben Diaz is probably going to be the next one to go. Uh, but certainly Ferro is a guy that we want to hold on to, uh, another year or so. Uh, well, not if you believe the BS stories that are being put out by the media that, that, that Aurelius wants to extend, uh, Ruben Diaz and wants to make Ruben Diaz the next Luisano of the club captain and the guy that's there for, for, for a long, long stretch. So we'll see what happens. Look, it'd be beautiful if that were to happen. It'd be very hard to to keep the Sharks away from Ruben Diaz because say what you want about him, he still commits a blunder here and there. But the guy's the heart and soul of this team, and uh, he wears that pride of of playing for Benfica. He wears that on his sleeves, and and, and he's just a tremendous yeah. leader. I'm I'm glad you we brought up uh, Ruben Diaz because as I was watching the presser today, uh, he was the the one player selected to uh, accompany Bruno Lage in the press room, and I, listening to him speak and and the way he speaks for a, a young man and what is he 21 22 uh very composed uh that was a question we knew he could speak this guy is girl bro he's got to have games to pick her up <laughs> my man got game he could talk but uh listening to him and there was a question that was posed to him in regards to um the defense as a as a, as a separate unit from the team uh and he was very quick to correct the journalist that that uh, made that question to say that it is just not the defense we're all a team so we defend as a team we attack as a team so he was very quick to correct the, the journalist and, and when the the journalist tried to segment the defensive unit and, and put uh, and put something on the defensive unit. So I really like the way he uh, speaks, man. He, uh, he's a kid that um, that has a head on his shoulders, obviously. And I think that it also speaks lots of the progress that Portuguese clubs or and I could talk about Benfica, the progress that Benfica has as made in terms of educating their young players. As we know, there's a school at the Seychelles. Kids attend school. That is manda mandated to, for kids to attend school. They know how to speak. Uh, we're going maybe 10, 15 years back, and you got guys that barely made like sixth or, or seventh grade, and, and they were forced to abandon school because of football. Uh, but now Benfica is very careful and very committed to developing these young men, both as as human beings, individuals, uh, society members, but also as good football players. 
Yeah, but the city of Seychala is a phenomenal school district. I did not know that. They're phenomenal. That's where they've been going to for the last God knows how many years since they opened up the the the, the Kadmia. But look, they want to expand. They want to teach their own kids, I guess, tutor them in-house. And that's fantastic for them. I mean, anytime you could educate kids and give them another opportunity to stay involved in their schooling, that's that's phenomenal work, by the yeah. way. I just think that, you know, having the schooling in-house doesn't limit you. Uh, to be restricted to those hours that you're at school, so you could you could train you could plan the training sessions, uh, however you want, and then you could do the school. It'll be, around it'll the be soccer, sessions. soccer, 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 schooling, soccer, soccer. Yeah, but I like it, and in another way, I don't like it. I think it's it's important to keep kids around other kids, around girls, right? Around whatever. Some guys might like guys, but different. You know what I'm trying to say? Like it's important yeah. to keep them involved with other kids that maybe don't have the same interests that but the club's looking at it look we want you to be focused on this because we're paying you and you guys are you know big ticket you know down the line you're a huge lottery ticket so the club is looking out for their best interests. me as a parent i, I don't know man like you know I'd, I'd like my kids to interact with other kids to develop a lot of those social skills uh, that they're otherwise not going to learn because they're going to be secluded. They're going to be inside. It's not a prison because they can leave whenever they want, but they're inside of, you know, pretty much a controlled setting where they're being watched and told what to do 24 seven. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm, it's, it's good and it's not. So yeah, very um, interesting to see what happens going, you know, happening on the future because the school is not, it's, it's in a process, right? Or yeah. is it already up and running? I'm well, sure. they, they want to, commit uh, just a specific building to the school right now they do have some educational uh sessions on campus but i think that it's not spe a specific yeah a lot school. of the kids still go to school and say a lot of the yeah. kids still go and to i school mean outside. we we have the experience of uh, you know we we know cj quite well uh and uh, we know that cj attends classes so uh you know we we know from experience mm -hmm. uh, another player that should be uh coming to the Seychelles soon Diogo Almeida, a 19-year-old forward uh, who's featured in, Port in the Portugal uh, youth national team, some Paso Ferreira. Uh, it seems that Benfica has signed him. He had a 500,000-euro clause that Benfica apparently beat. No official word from Benfica yet, but it's been reported that, oh, that he means he's going to be loaned out. Uh, right, so when he's not he's not pictured, right? Dave, how's it go? If you're not pictured with the or video, picture, yes. If you have a video, you're shipped out, right? Even if you got if you got the picture, it's a video. It's the video that means that's official, and that's the only way that they could ever say that you were a member of Benfica. This is the Canadian police at work right there. It's investigation at its best. Mounties, Mounties, right there. Another news: Bernard Silva, João Felix, Ronaldo, all nominated for the Ballon d'Or. Come on, can we not? Can we not make this a sporting thing? Can we? Fantastic for João, I'm ecstatic for him. Good for for Bernardo. for Bernardo. But could we not? And Ederson not... was named for yeah, the Lev Yashin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so was Oblak. So I mean, could we not? You know, do a sporting thing here, and all of a sudden start. Look, it is what it is. They left. Oh, Thank you. Good. A little tidbit of news. A little tidbit news. Yeah. Okay. Good. Is it premature for, for João Felix to make this list? He he didn't make the uh, Ballon d'Or. He made the Young Player of the oh. the year. Oh, both, both. both? Wow. Yeah. Come on, man. We're going to revoke your Mountie investigator yeah, they, license. He, got, he was investigating the <laughs> the rock on the ice. Was it called? Curling. Curling. Yeah, he was, he's been, he's been drinking ice. too much beer. <laughs> no, but um, is it premature? I, he had a great season. I don't know about 
you know, top 30. I mean, 30 is 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 quite a an, an still, extensive list. But still, I haven't looked at the list, but let's just say that. I'd have to exactly I'd have to look at the guys yeah. that were left out. I mean, look, Neymar didn't get wasn't on the list. Yeah. And who's a better player? Yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm asking for I'm just asking. I don't know. Who's the better player? <laughs> yeah, but even I think Suarez was left off the uh the list as well, if I'm not mistaken. Really? You better check that again, Dave. Benfica stone, pa. Benfica stone. How do you say that? Same, right? Same. The women's team uh, hosted Sporting uh, this uh, past weekend at Stade de Luz in a record-setting uh, crowd or attendance at Stade de Luz. I think twelve thousand was the most we've ever had uh, for a, a, a women's game uh, for the professional uh, Portuguese domestic league, and they beat Sporting three to nothing. So kudos to the two women's team. Sporting is like brother. They're, <laughs> they're on a they're on a, a good pace to, to become champions for the first time. Um, on a more uh, sad news, Jordan has passed. Yeah, player that played both. Do you have an, uh, any recollections of uh, Jordan? Yeah. Let me ask you this: hmm. Do you know what his first name was? If you say it, I'm like, yeah, of course, but right now it escapes my mind. But don't give me a sec. Oh, my God. Oh, Jordan. It wasn't Michael. It wasn't Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I know. Starts with an R. Rui. No. That was. Look it up, Dave. No. Rui Jordan. No. no. It's not Rui. Look it up, Dave. The guy made his name as Sporting, but then did come over to Benfica and played a uh, play. Yeah, we have Rui Jordan. It is Rui. Yeah. Oh man, I I would I guess I didn't know it after all. Um. Yes, he did. He did uh, spend some more time at Sporting than he did at Benfica. Yeah. But I do remember Benfica. Any recol? The only recollect. The only memories I have of him, to be brutally honest with you, um, uh, was uh. The videos that I've seen from '84 against France. I saw that game live. That did you? Yeah. Okay. That's really in, and I knew that he played for Benfica and, and, and Sporting, and I knew, I, I actually thought he spent a lot more time at, at, at Sporting than he did at Benfica. He did. He scored like 70 cent goals for Benfica, but I, um, uh, I knew of him, but I can't. I wouldn't. My, I'd be uh, if I told you I knew, like I was an expert on him. My first recollection of of Jordan was a guy that he took penalty kicks and he always sent the goalie one way and the ball the other. And as a as a kid, that was something that you always thought it was magical that players could do. How does he do that? Not knowing that the goalies actually pick a side. <laughs> so, did you um? Did you know? And I got this from from our friend Tom Cunder. Um. Tweeted it out, and he said that you know Jordan was a guy that once he retired, he retired from football. He yeah. gave it all up, became a painter, wanted nothing to do with the game. Yeah, turned down numerous uh, interview requests and uh, job off, and he just separated himself from the game and never got involved with the game yeah. after he retired. I remember reading something uh, like that uh, before his passing. Oh, Rui, you fuck. Yeah, Rui Jordan. Yeah, so he was a guy that uh, that scored those two goals against France in, yep. in the, in the semifinal yep. mm-hmm. uh, that we lost to France in in uh, overtime. Um, and also the the guy that I can remember that could take that could send goalies one way and the ball the other on his penalty kick. So that is my earliest memory of uh, of Jordan. So uh, sad uh, sad news for Portuguese football. 
and, and certainly a guy that uh, decides to walk away from everything. And, and you know, God knows he had his, uh, his reasons. And certainly uh, something that uh, that's commendable. Or, or even something that you could look to and 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 find some some value in that. So anyway, that is. Uh, go ahead. Uh, the other topic I want to talk about. Something, sure it's something that's been in the newspapers over the last couple of weeks, and that is Benfica's uh, alleged interest in Smith, Ruben Smith, I believe is his name. Wait, it's just a couple of days old, I think. Uh, it's, it's been on for a couple of weeks. Ruben now. Smith, who's currently playing in Turkey. Olympiakos, no Greece. Oh, Greece, sorry. Greece. I I want nothing to do with this guy, and I hope Benfica stays away from him as far as they can. I want nothing to do with this criminal. I don't want this guy on my team. This is a guy who kidnapped people, attempted to murder them. This is a guy who used his gun on, on numerous occasions, went to jail or whatever the hell it was, and he got the special big boy treatment because he's a professional soccer player. I don't want this guy anywhere near Style of the Lose. The only way I want him at Style of the Lose is if he's in uh, opposition's locker room. I don't want nothing to do with this guy. So I just wanted to, to put that out there now. I get that. Because that's there's been he, a lot of noise about him. Here's the here's the question that uh, he kidnapped people, threw them in a trunk, and try to kill well, come on. I, there's nothing to, there's nothing. That's here's the it. question that I'll ask, right? Uh -huh. So with the kid you just picked up in Morato. Brazil, Morato. uh with uh Kalaisa, still the figuring whatever happened to that guy? He's he's there. Still there. Apparently he's one of the better players of the B team, if not uh the under twenty three. I don't know where he's playing. Now, I know that Eb Wee is playing for the under twenty three. So is you know what the difference with all those guys is though, right? None What's of them the get called up to the Portuguese national team. It's money to be made. And so, like, they're going to pick him up and hopefully you turn around. Like, bro, I don't want anything to do with this guy. But do you think that... Bro, this, this just, it's wrong. But let me it's ask wrong you this. that he's even playing still. This guy's a criminal. But let me ask you this. Do you think I'm that sorry, and I know some people listening don't think I'm being a little bit too harsh. But I, what, you do one time, it's kind of, all right, you know, you messed up. But when you do it on numerous occasions, bro, you just, you haven't learned it's your just lesson. just the, the nature of the crime also. Exactly. It wasn't like he that was hanging out with his posse. You know, like, you know, that, all right, like, I'm, I'm throwing friends. I messed around. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it about, you know. That could be misunderstood. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but, but now you kidnap somebody, put guns to their heads, like, bro, yeah, like you didn't hardcore. steal a piece of gum. That's hardcore. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. Do you think that if if Portugal had um, a better selection of center backs right now, do you even think that Ruben Smith is in the is in a running uh, for the national team call up? I mean, it shouldn't be regardless. But 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 look at the talent that we have currently at center back. We got Pep. We got Ruben Diaz and Ferro's not being called up. Ruben Diaz. Ferro's not being we called got up. Font. Ferro's not being called up. We got up. Net. Ferro's not being called up. Ferro's, I'd take Ferro. Ferro's going to be on the national teams. Look, the crazy thing about Ferro is this, guys. Let's say Ferro leaves tomorrow. There's a new clause and he can freaking leave before January. He leaves tomorrow and he goes play for Lyon tomorrow and he plays a style loose for Lyon as opposed to Benfica. The next call up, he's on the Portuguese national team just because he moved to a bigger team or a bigger league. Whatever. What? Why? So just because he moved to a team, he's better now all of a sudden? No, look, the guy's ready to play for the national team now. Yes. Ferro should be on the national team. Ruben Smith. And he was who, called, right? Yeah, he got one time. Uh, he, he didn't play. No, he, he was on the well, roster. He was called for to somebody Pepe, that. To uh, replace Pep, who yeah. got injured. But. This guy, Smith, should not, should not even be on the Portuguese national team, bro. I don't want nothing to do with this guy. I want nothing to do with this guy. I'm sorry. It ain't one time. It's Fair multiple point. times. I, I think I'm with you on that. Dave. You got Manuel Fernandes or, or whatever that had the same interest where he might have shown a gun or whatever it was like that at a club in, in Spain while he was at Valencia or whatever. 
and they didn't forgive him for a while. And that wasn't kidnapping. That wasn't, you know, going into people's houses, putting guns to their heads. Like, uh, uh, or that's didn't crazy. Miguel have a something similar Or it was Miguel, Miguel, Miguel. I think they're all hanging out together. They're all together. Remember, Miguel, <laughs> they're Ferran, the Miguel they all played together. Yeah. So it's just, man, look, and I know some people might think I'm being harsh, but again, I, I'm all for second chances. But when it's three and four, come on, bro. And, they, and as you said, the gravity of 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 the you know of the crime of the incident it ain't like you know misunderstanding like I said man sometimes you yeah that's hard you know man. you play around with somebody and it that is that is you know you're 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 just a scumbag Dave you you you're a person that lives up there in in a very liberal uh, Canada what what do you think of this topic uh you know we gotta hope that he has turned his life around but uh in terms of playing for our club i wouldn't want to see him here i wouldn't i don't want that baggage around our club you just gotta hope that he has uh learned his lesson he uh has turned his life around but i don't want him on the club either i hope he turned his life around i hope he learned from this lesson i hope it's something that he doesn't do um you know any law or even thinks about doing it but i don't i don't want a guy like that on my club yeah no i agree that's it. That's all we got. Yeah. And on that note, we'll leave. Next week, we'll be back. We'll uh, mm -hmm. look back at this Leon Antondela game and we'll look ahead to what do we got? Who do we got next? Is it Portimonense? Yes, on uh, Wednesday. And then uh, we up. you just had that up. I think that yeah. uh, Portimonense on uh, Wednesday at home. And then uh, there's on Saturday, September, yeah. sec uh, so September. Wow, November 2nd. November. And Lyon in Lyon Tuesday and then Saturday Santa Clara and then another fantastic international break in between that we <laughs> the 27. I believe it's the international break. We don't play until the 20. Might have a Tasa the Liga game in there as well. We don't play until the 27th against uh Leipzig. Leipzig. In in Leipzig. Anyway, um at 10 CO10 is where you can find uh, Cristiano on Twitter at Pifica Podcast at uh, 87 do 87 is where you can find Dave BefikaPodcast.com, uh, Planet Befika, all that good stuff. All our our friends uh, check out and get your Befika fill, uh, if you will. Uh, as I mentioned, be back next week. Take care, everyone. Certainly nice to to be back into the grind of things and uh, for another you know, three weeks until we have another break. That's right. See ya. Peace.